0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Inspiration from a song often comes from the chorus. It's the part that catches in our mind the quickest. And repetitive listening may add the verse, the first verse, and then maybe the bridge, but... I'm the kind of person who has to see the lyrics written out to really commit it to memory. But with this week's song, God So Loved by We the Kingdom, a word jumped out at me that was woven throughout the song from the very beginning. And that is what we will use today as inspiration. But before we track down our feature word, let's listen. The direction for my study came from the first word of the song, come. In fact, the first phrase of the song, Come All You Weary, is a direct reference and a direct call from Jesus found in Matthew chapter 11. And we will get to that section of scripture in a minute, but I want to set this up so you can follow along with my thinking this week so that you can then replicate my process or repeat it again in any of your own personal future studies. So I went to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where it reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then I. Followed the bite of doing a word study. Uh, BITE, by the way, is Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are just the exercises that I use in my weekly, daily Bible study. And so I share them with you. And it's just an acronym, BITE, and hope, hopefully help you take a bite out of Scripture. But in BibleHub.com, which is a resource that I often use, especially for word studies, I clicked on the verse and then uh, on the INT button or sometimes depending if you're using a desktop or a tablet or your phone. It's INT or interlinear. It stands for interlinear. Now the interlinear option lists the Hebrew or Greek word in one line and below the Hebrew or Greek word is the corresponding English word or words that translate the meaning of the original word. And in this case, you'll also have Strong's numbers, Strong's concordance numbers above them. So if you click on the Strong's concordance number above the word, then you'll get to the word summary page this will tell you the definition how it's used and where that particular word is used throughout scripture when i did this i discovered that the greek word for the english word come is only used 12 times in the bible and it carries this particular word carries with it the expectation that the coming will include following. And I'm and of course I did find other instances where the English word come was used, for example in the New Testament, but not this particular Greek word. Only 12 times was this Greek word used. Now, I'm not sure if your area that you live in has distinct colloquialisms, but in Louisiana we definitely do. And for this Idaho girl, when I first moved to Louisiana, it caused me to enter into some interesting situations like the time my future mother-in-law of course I didn't I was just dating her son at the time she asked me to save the dishes and she was not impressed when i responded that i had not planned to throw them away she thought i was being a smart aleck because what she intended by this local slang was that i would put the dishes away. That's what it means to save the dishes here in Louisiana. And then likewise, one time I was having a disagreement with a coworker. uh, And she and this was early on when I first moved to Louisiana. And she asked me to come see. And when I walked over to where she was standing and started looking around for what it was that she wanted to wanted me to look at, it really only exacerbated her frustration with me because in South Louisiana, come see is equal to come here. She didn't have anything for me to look at. She just wanted to call me away from her larger group of people to speak privately with me. And so I think she thought I was mocking her when I was looking around for something to see. So it's interesting to me that when we read this word come, especially when we recognize that it's only used 12 times, That we should read it as come and come and follow, you know, not just a one time changing of our physical position or our heart position, but an ongoing following. So keep that in mind as we use this word to uh, continue to study. So add to that this discovery again that it was only used 12 times in the New Testament. And bam, I had my Bible study direction inspiration that I needed for the week. And I would uh, then follow the bite of reflecting on a theme of scripture. In this case, it would be reading and studying each area where this Greek word for come was used. Okay, so let's go to that first one that I thought of when I listened to the opening lyrics of God So Loved, which again is from Matthew 11, verse 28, beginning in verse 28. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, another bite that I always encourage you to use is to read in context, and this would mean at the least that you would read all of Matthew chapter 11, maybe even go as far as reading Matthew's chapters 10 through 12, right? So the chapter before, the chapter that you're studying, and the chapter after, to give you the full context of this teaching of Jesus and its position in the story of Christ at this point. And so in Matthew chapter 10, we read about Jesus sending out his disciples, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And then after sending them out, we read at the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, that Jesus himself went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. So he sends them out, and then he continues teaching and preaching. And much of chapter 11 is Jesus talking about John the Baptist and John the Baptist's role in fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. He then turns from that discussion to denounce cities that did not repent, even though Jesus performed mighty works in them. And then he prays a prayer to the Father for all to hear, and then issues this call to the hearer. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Basically, come and follow me. Jesus is saying to whomever will respond. And our song reiterates it again and again. Now, in the historical context of the hearer, they would have been burdened with the yoke of the Pharisaical interpretation of the law. A crushing burden to the people of that time. They could never, they could never get it right. Okay, and so my question to you is: What is the crushing burden you are weary of? In our time, perhaps our greatest quote-unquote freedom to believe and do anything we want has produced, in and of itself, a crushing burden. I kind of get weary of the social media phenomenon of looking just right, having just the right caption, and making just the right meals, and having just the right home, and driving just the right vehicle, and going to just the right school, and having just the right job, and and the list goes on and on. Jesus' yoke of discipleship brings rest. His burden is light and balanced, not crushing. Now, another come and follow moment in scripture can be found in Matthew chapter 4. In fact, some translations just say follow, and some say come follow. But reiterating again the point that this word doesn't just mean come here, but it declares this ongoing commitment. And uh, what an adventure this ongoing commitment was to be for these four men to whom Jesus called out, come and follow me in this section of scripture. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. It says, So if we follow the same pattern of reading in context, we would see in Matthew chapter three, John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus, uh, Jesus getting baptized. And then at the beginning of chapter four, where we read this section, the, at the very beginning, Jesus is enduring the temptation in the wilderness. Immediately after that experience, he begins his public ministry and then begins calling his first disciples, who would eventually become the 12 disciples and the first apostles, uh, save Judas, right? He, he never became an apostle. And the next chapter begins recording the Sermon on the Mount, which lasts for three chapters. So I think this word come ties these two sections of Scripture together in an important way. Not only will we find rest for our souls when we surrender to the yoke of Christ, but we become an important part of the kingdom work. We join with the first disciples as fishers of men. When we hear the call of Christ, may we follow their pattern. May we drop everything that we're doing to follow him. Now the next occurrence of the word I want to discuss is in Matthew chapter 21 and it's it's in a parable and Jesus loved to teach in parables. I do want to consider the context of this particular parable because at the beginning of the chapter Jesus has just entered Jerusalem in what is known as the triumphal entry. And he rides in on a colt, fulfilling some Old Testament prophecy to great fanfare. And he immediately goes to the temple. He drives out the money changers, and he eventually comes back to the temple and is challenged by the chief priests and the elders of the people. They challenge his authority. And this parable is part of his response. Now, notice the use of come and follow here is not a call of the master of the house to come and follow, but the tenants to come and follow. So I want you to listen for it as I read this short parable. Uh, Matthew 21, beginning in verse 33. Here, another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants?' They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. I sort of laugh when I read this last part because they perceived he was speaking about them, but they didn't fear the fact that they were trying to do, just as he said in the parable, like kill the son. They feared the crowds because the crowds thought the sun was a, was a prophet. They just missed it. They missed the whole thing. And woe to us if we don't respond to the words of the Lord when he warns us of many things through his word. When we are more worried about what other people think than the fact that the truth is unable to penetrate our hard hearts, we're in a, a dreadful place. Now, lucky for us, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Their wicked plan to come, let us kill him, didn't ultimately work out. And God's plan of giving his kingdom to a people, producing its fruits, is playing out in our lives as we walk in obedience to him. Now, I think I have time for one more come. I'll link to all of them in the show notes so that you can spend some time seeing what you find as you take a bite out of scripture using theme to study. Uh, the show notes can always be found at michellekneesat.com. This week's show notes can be found at michellekneesat.com forward slash 336. I encourage you to subscribe while you're there, and then that way you never have to remember. They'll be emailed directly to your inbox on Monday morning each week. Now, this final example of come is also found in a parable. In fact, it's the very next chapter and the very next parable Jesus is telling to what I can only assume assume is the the same audience. And so it is the parable of the wedding feast. And it goes like this from Matthew chapter 22. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who were invited, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything's ready. Come to the wedding feast. Come. There's that word, right? Right. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, again, the first guests invited were the Jewish people. The second round of invites goes to everyone else, goes to the Gentiles. And I want you to listen to this account in Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 44. It says, The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. Of course, Paul is here uh, preaching. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Come to the wedding feast. That invitation is open to you right now. And of course, that warning that was also found in this parable, um, it would have been a gross insult to the king to refuse to wear the garment provided to the guests for the wedding. So the man who was caught wearing his old clothing learned what an offense it was as he was removed from the celebration so wearing our own selfish self-righteousness will not cut it god has provided a garment of salvation through clothing ourselves in the righteousness of christ come to the wedding feast So what's next? If you have yet to accept the invitation to believe in Jesus as your personal Savior, accept it today. Then explore 12 instances of come in the New Testament. I'll list them in the show notes found at michellekneesat.com forward slash 336. Now remember, this word has a deeper meaning than just moving positions. It really means come and follow. So won't you come and follow Jesus and lend an ear to what he might say to you? through his word today. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at Michelle Nizat. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Instagram at Michelle Nizat. My Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat. And let's talk about what you are learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. Now, you're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address at michellenizatcom forward slash 30-day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently, like Carrie from Ohio, Christy from California, Rachel from Singapore, Jessica from Tennessee, and Beverly from Oklahoma. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites. That's my gift to you. It's a great place to start. And also from that email that I send once a week that I talked about earlier. Uh, So you'll get a memory verse resource and the show notes and uh, an email recap of the week's episode and extra resources that I create for my podcast from time to time. Now, all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to Michelleneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michelleknizat.com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Before the Throne of God Above by Shane and Shane to lead us to scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 336. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.